From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Well, happy Canada Day, 150 years young and counting, and a happy July 4th to all our American friends and listeners. Very quickly, here's what's on tap tonight. A busy show as usual. Let's get right to it. We'll uh, we'll take a look at the state of journalism, <laughs> such as it is, with our esteemed panel tonight after a, a recent undercover hidden camera investigation of CNN by Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. Can CNN still be considered a credible news source? Uh, media scientists Nelson Thal and Morgan Reynolds from NoMoreGames.net will uh, join me next to discuss. I saw an interesting meme in the wake of the uh, the Project Veritas investigation. It was, uh, is that true or did you hear it on CNN? So we'll let you decide. Uh, the supervolcano at Yellowstone National Park has been hit by a swarm of hundreds of earthquakes, hundreds uh, in recent weeks, more than 400, in fact, have been uh, detected in the area since mid-June, including a four-and-a-half magnitude quake within the park. And uh, researchers say the risk of activating the supervolcano uh, is low. The quakes are nothing to be concerned about. Uh, they're pretty common in the region. However, others believe it's inevitable and only a matter of time before such a disaster takes place. If this supervolcano under Yellowstone uh, were to blow, I mean, this is cataclysmic stuff we're talking about, folks. Uh, Carl Gallops, a, uh, a former law enforcement officer and the author of Be Thou Prepared and uh, When the Lion Roars, uh, says that in a fallen world, disaster is inevitable, and as Christians, we should always be ready to meet catastrophe. And he wrote a special piece for WorldNet Daily on the, uh, or WND, on uh, the... Yellowstone Volcano. He'll check in shortly. What's in the box, of course? Our weekly remote viewing experiment and a mailbag all in the first hour. Then towards the end of hour one. This is an extremely sensitive topic. It's uh, it's not for the young. It's not for the faint of heart. Sex slavery, child abduction, human sacrifice rituals, pedophile rings, uh, odious and evil. And it And it happens. It goes on at the highest levels. Author, uh, researcher, good friend of the program, Joseph Farrell, will be here to delve into this taboo subject. Hour two, of course, open lines. And then the host of the most listened to late night radio program in North America, my colleague at uh, Coast to Coast AM, of course, the main host of Coast to Coast AM, George Norrie, will be here to discuss his new book, Mad as Hell. Let me get you a shot of that right now. It just came in the mail. And I'm enjoying it immensely. Mad as hell. Which, of course, comes from... Now, this is something that George and I have in common. We both love the 1976 film, Network, starring the late Peter Finch and William Holden and Faye Dunaway. And, um, of course, Peter Finch is uh, the mad prophet of the airwaves, Howard Beale, and his immortal line... I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. So we'll find out what George is mad about a little bit later in the program. Uh, and I mentioned, of course, open lines. Let me first introduce the boys in the band on the Flying V Gibson guitar in the other room there, my technical producer, Ian Robertson. Uh, on the Rickenbacker bass guitar, and occasionally the theremin, the intrepid Albert Vinzel, story producer. And on the Hammond B3, the uh, story or the producer of my weekly feature, Strange Planet, 
Ryan White. Gentlemen, welcome to you all. All right, let's uh, very quickly get to our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box? And uh, again, I ask all of you remote viewers listening in at home, please tweet your answers or your results uh, to me, at Richard Serrett, at Richard Serrett. Please use the hashtag TCS Remote, TCS as in the conspiracy show, remote. And uh, to the highly skilled remote viewer who answers correctly as to the contents of the cigar box on my left, you will be rewarded with some fabulous conspiracy show merchandise. Please take a moment and get on up to the uh, online store at theconspiracyshow.com. And if you're a fan of the program, why not show it off by purchasing a mug or a T-shirt or a sweatshirt or a phone case and help support the work we do on the program at the same time. The online store, again, theconspiracyshow.com. And uh, please use the hashtag TCSRemote and send that to my Twitter feed at Richard Serrett. Let me give you the coordinates, the contents are sitting in the box here, this cigar box to my left, on my studio desk, at Zoomerplex, 70 Jefferson Avenue, here in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. There you go. Please, now, allow the shape and the form and the texture and the color and the size of the object in this box to form in your mind. Don't just guess. Remote view. Again, TCS Remote, the hashtag TCS Remote. All right, let's get started. Uh, James O'Keefe of Project Veritas. If you haven't heard of this uh, guy, he produces secretly recorded undercover audio and video encounters, let's call them, with figures and workers in academia, governmental and social service organizations, uh, reporting... Uh, to show abusive or allegedly illegal behavior by employees or representatives of these organizations. Most recently, of course, his investigations have centered around mainstream news organizations, specifically CNN. And on O'Keefe's latest video releases, he captured CNN senior producer John Bonifield on hidden camera, admitting that the Russian Trump collusion story was mainly BS. He called Trump crazy, the president crazy, and the voters... Stupid as all hell or something that to that effect. Later, in another video release, a CNN commentator and the former green tech czar under the Obama administration, Van Jones, uh, was recorded saying that the Trump-Russia collusion story was a big nothing burger. So, what have we learned from all of this? For, for many of us, this is simply further confirmation of what we've been long suspecting, that CNN, like other mainstream media, news media organizations, have made it their mission to take down the Trump administration. Here to discuss is Nelson Thal, media scientist, Marshall McLuhan archivist, assassination researcher, and his website is McLuhanTactics.com. Nelson, hello. How are you? Very good, Richard. Uh, great subject tonight. Um uh, don't have much time, so we'll all right. Let me uh, reduce it. But go ahead. All right, and let's also welcome a good friend of the program, Professor Emeritus of Economics at Texas A&M University, former chief economist at the U.S. Department of Labor, and the founder of a great website, NoMoreGames.net. Morgan Reynolds, welcome to you, sir. How are you? Hey, very good, uh, Richard, and happy belated Canada birthday. Thank you so much, and and a uh, happy fourth uh, to you. 
All right, let's begin with you, Nelson. These latest James O'Keefe videos, are they going to do any real damage, for example? Is anyone who now watches CNN likely to stop watching, or are any of CNN's sponsors likely to pull advertising as a result of these videos? Because I think not. Well, we know today the media is used as a tool for distraction, and uh, so we live in an age of gigantic pictorial illusionism and journalistic exaggeration of concealment, and CNN is part of that process going on. All right, Morgan, are you seeing any any self-reflection here on, on the part of not just CNN, but uh, the New York Post, the New York Times, ABC, CBS, MSNBC? It seems to me like they're doubling down, digging in their heels. Uh, but I think people, by and large, want to see some self-reflection on the part of the fourth fourth estate. Any evidence that's going to change that they're going to change their ways? Well, if you look at the uh, print media, uh, profits have uh, virtually disappeared, and a lot of them are going to go out of business, and very few tears will will be shed. But what's really embarrassing, uh, I think, to to my way of thinking, is. Uh, William Randolph Hearst, back in 1909, he says, get it first, but first get it right. Now, get it right means presumably the truth. <laughs> and and be uh, as objective as you can and uh, factual and well-reasoned. And look at what we've got now in the establishment media. You know, it's Trump <clears throat> derangement syndrome. They've gone berserk, and they're calling the president berserk. Nelson, what do you make of some journalists have fired back that that what O'Keefe is doing is an assault on on freedom of the press? What do you make of that charge? Well, I say thank God that there's safety in numbers for government whistleblowers. And I think that's the thing. And I want to compliment Morgan Reynolds. It's terrific being on with him because he, from my standpoint, is a terrific government whistleblower who's talking about what's really happening. He's giving us a true version, a focus of reality, whereas the media, they don't want people to see what's really happening. Their job is to be distracting. Morgan, have you seen any evidence that these recent ed- uh, videos, the John Bonifield uh, video and the Van Jones excerpt, whether th- that they have been edited. And this is the, 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 the common refrain from the mainstream media, that James O'Keefe heavily edits these videos and they're taken out of context. Have you seen any indication of that? Well, all video uh, that's displayed virtually is, is edited. But the question is, uh, has any sin of omission or commission been done? I, I put James O'Keefe on uh, the same uh, high ladder as Julian Assange. They haven't found anything that uh, Julian Assange has done to uh, present uh, false documents. And Richard. I think the same is the, the same so far is true of James O'Keefe. In fact, I was so inspired <laughs> by last week's uh, videos that I dug into my own wallet. I said, I want to be part of this. This James O'Keefe is doing, I think, the most important work in terms of burying the establishment media. Nelson, are you a fan of Project Veritas? And yeah, for sure. I think that anything that opens up and gives people some dialogue and isn't propaganda is 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 to be welcomed. I totally agree with uh, 
with Dr. Reynolds. And uh, I think there's one other thing to consider, which is the people have been dumbed down so much that they can't even handle the truth, as Jack Nicholson told us. That's the real problem. They don't want to even know the truth. But what about the undermining of the credibility of the Fourth Estate? This can't be good for democracy. Are these undercover investigations, uh, are they healthy or ultimately could they be harmful? I can't see how they'd be harmful at all. What about you, Morgan? Well, the, uh, the, the, the fourth estate is being replaced by us <laughs> and yeah, our, exactly. our compatriots on the Internet. So uh, these guys going, going uh, down fighting uh, unfairly, though, that, though it be, but there's, there's a thirst for uh, the truth. And uh, James O'Keefe is going to uh, uh, flourish in uh, putting out more videos uh, that that show how rotten uh, to the core. Now, this is nothing new, of course. That is, uh, back in, you know, Joseph Pulitzer, of Pulitzer Prize for, uh, fame. Yes. Uh, he, he, he put his reporters up to uh, fake news about Spanish atrocities. That's right. Their, uh, his, the his, bombing uh, of the USS Maine in Havana. Yeah. Right. So there's 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 uh, there you know there's been a lot of uh, virtueless uh, journalists along the way. That's true. And uh, you mentioned Randolph Hearst earlier. He was the one that said, uh, "You give me the pictures, and I'll supply the war." So again, yes, nothing new under the sun. It's uh, the bias of the media, the total bias of all communications. And, all right, and, uh, Nelson, I got to cut it there. I'm I, yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, Nelson Thal, media scientist, McLuhanTactics.com. McLuhanTactics.com and uh, Morgan Reynolds, NoMoreGames.net. Thank you both, gentlemen. Good night, Thank Morgan. You, Good night, Richard. Coming up next is the supervolcano beneath Yellowstone National Park about to blow. Some scientists say it's overdue. Best-selling author Carl Gallops will be here next to discuss. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour, the big reveal of what's in the box, our weekly remote viewing experiment, mailbag, of course. And uh, Joseph Farrell on an unspeakable evil, satanic ritual, child abuse, sex slaves, human trafficking. While Pizzagate may have been widely discredited, they were focusing on an, a location a pizza joint in Washington, D.C., and, and ignoring the bigger picture here, which is the fact that these pedophile rings exist and the participants uh, can be found uh, in high circles in the, the world of uh, politics, religion, corporations, you name it. Joseph Farrell will be uh, coming up before the top of the outer hour. And uh, just a uh, heads up, coming up in hour two, open lines, and then the host of Coast to Coast AM, George Norrie. Uh, is here with a brand new book called Mad as Hell. We'll find out what George is mad about. Well, uh, something else that seems to be agitated these days is this super volcano beneath Yellowstone National Park. A swarm of earthquakes. They call it a swarm of earthquakes since mid-June. Something like 400 earthquakes. Uh, some are fearing that this could have a, a triggering effect and cause the supervolcano to blow, which would be absolutely cataclysmic. Some scientists claim it's overdue for an eruption. It has erupted in the ancient past. Uh, and um, some are saying the, the, uh, the odds are quite low that uh, 
these earthquakes will have any um, impact on the, uh, the supervolcano. But here to discuss uh, is a long time, the longtime pastor of Hickory, um, Hickory Hammock Baptist Church. He's a former law enforcement uh, officer, the author of a number of books, including Be Thou Prepared, When the Lion Roars, Final Warning, Warning and he has another big one coming out this fall. He, uh, he says that in a fallen world, disaster is inevitable, and Christians should always be ready to meet catastrophe. Carl Gallups, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you, my friend? Richard Serrett, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Looking forward to this. So I read your, your piece uh, that uh, was kind of an exclusive for WND, yes. and I thought, wow, this is interesting. Why is Carl Gallups weighing in on all of this seismic activity going around Yellowstone National Park? Why is that of such keen interest to you? You didn't know that I was a seismic expert? <laughs> I did not. Yeah. <laughs> I know you wear many hats, but... Uh... Yeah. No, I'm not, and I certainly don't claim to be. And uh, But but listen, th- those kinds of things interest me, and of course the folks at WND knew that and uh, asked me if I would give some comments, and just from a Christian and biblical perspective. And so I did a little research, of course, before I uh, gave the interview, and um, I think that either I'm quoted in there and or the article speaks of it. I don't have it right in front of me, but I remember that um, in, in, searching, in searching out this, um, uh, the, the, the information about the seismic activity around Yellowstone, apparently that's been going on for quite some time, but there has been a swarm lately, which has caused people to, uh, you know, to, to take note, and some have been opining and predicting and prognosticating on, on what it might mean. Could there be a, a big eruption? And, you know, uh, I can't remember now. I think it was about a year ago. Several mainstream media sources, I believe it was CNN was one of them and a couple of others, uh, keyed in on this because there was some seismic activity that was a little unusual in that area. And so they brought in some, uh, uh, some major, uh, uh, mainline scientists to speak of it and people that are, um, uh, that that are uh, adept at understanding these things. Um, what's what's the gentleman's name? Uh, it's a Japanese name. M- Michio Kaku. Yeah, yeah, Michio yeah. Kaku. Yeah, yeah. He. I remember reading some articles from him. And the bottom line is this: Look, uh, apparently the odds of there being a super volcanic eruption in that area are very, very low. Um, however, e- even even in light of this swarm of, uh, of of activity, but the thing is, they you know they they've run all the models and they've said you know if this thing does blow in a super volcanic uh, eruption, it could you know have absolutely devastating devastating impact upon the United States a good a sizable portion of the United it States. It would be like a nuclear winter. It, yeah. it would change the entire global climate. It would devastate one half of the continental United States, to be yeah. certain. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, that, that's what the models show. And again, I'm not the scientist, but that's what the scientists are saying. So, listen, so so I agreed to do the interview uh, graciously, and they were gracious enough to ask my opinion on it, uh, because here's here's my take on it, Richard. You know, 
listen, we're we're just here for a few decades anyway, right? I mean, 60, 70, 80 years if we're blessed, right? That's right, you know? that's right. So, we're all listed go, day to day. Yeah, that's right. You know, every day's a gift. I mean, we can sit around and worry about a super volcano to, today, and tomorrow a semi-truck can run through a red light, and we're, we're standing before the Lord. So uh, the, the bottom line is is that I don't live my life in anxiety and anxiousness. Uh, you know I deal a lot. I, I, I study a lot, preach a lot, teach a lot, uh, and write uh, several books, write a lot about the prophetic days in which we're living. I don't set dates, though. I don't uh, you, you know, run around screaming the sky is falling. But here's what I try to do in a balanced way. Richard, I'm trying to wake up the church and the world, and but particularly the church in the U.S. and Canada and around the world, that has largely fallen asleep to the prophetic times in which we're living. Now, if this supervolcanic uh, eruption phenomena and the earthquake swarms that people are anxious about, even scientists are weighing in on, this is not some conspiracy stuff and back-channel uh, you know, uh, alleys. This is mainstream science. And and so my my take on it is look, if we can get people's attention and say, Look, look, the word of God tells us we live in a fallen creation. Natural disasters are a part of life. If the supervolcano blows in our lifetime, yes, more than likely it will be devastating. In the meantime, there are all manner of other devastating things that can happen. The San Andreas Fault could collapse into the Pacific Ocean. People are talking about that. Excuse me, I'm not trying to laugh about something horrific, but but we know those things can happen. I live in Hurricane Alley on the Gulf Coast. We've been devastated down here by Katrina and Ivan and Dennis, you know, and and we saw what happened. Look at New Orleans. Look at they put them back in the Stone Ages for for weeks and even months. So I, what I'm trying to do is just to wake up the church. You've got natural disasters that are always looming because the Word of God tells us we live in a fallen creation. The whole creation is groaning. And the Bible says, and I'm paraphrasing here for lack of time, but the Bible's clear that as it gets closer to the Lord's return, and again, I am not setting dates, but I can tell you what, Israel came back to the land next year, it will be 70 years. Mm. And then when you consider all that's happening in the Middle East, all that's happened to Israel, everything right. that's happening with ISIS and the collapse of the Middle East, well, and when Russia, you talk about, China. When you talk about prophecy, uh, Carl, uh, I mean, and, and in your, your previous book, When the Lion Roars, uh, you, you, know, you, you talk about how many of the, today's headlines sort of match up with, with, uh, with prophecy. Is there anything uh, in prophecy that might hint at something like a Yellowstone volcanic eruption. Yes, and that's where I was headed, and that's what I'm saying, is that with all of the other solid, biblically biblically uh, spoken of signs that are right before our eyes, or return to Israel, the specific alignment of nations spoken of in Ezekiel 38 that are happening for the first time in history, right before our eyes, only in our generation. When you add up all of those things that are so clear... Then, when you start dealing with scriptures that speak of, in the last days, major earthquakes, uh, monumental earthquakes, uh, uh, signs in the heavens, uh, uh, signs that uh, in, in the roaring of the sea, whatever exactly that will wind up meaning. I mean, it speaks of natural phenomena, natural disasters that also occur in the time of the, quote, end before the return of Jesus Christ. 
And I know, Richard, that there are various uh, eschatologies about the, you know, a rapture and the rapture date, and will the rapture happen before all of this bad stuff happens? Bottom line is, Richard, I'm trying to wake up the church. Look, I'm not arguing about rapture dates, but I'm trying to tell the church that has largely fallen asleep in America and in Western nations. I'm trying to tell the church bad things are happening. Ask our brothers and sisters in China, in North Korea, in 63 Muslim nations of the world. Ask our brothers and sisters in the Middle East and Iraq. Ask our brothers and sisters that by the tens of thousands have come under the, the horrific slaughter and, and threat of ISIS and the borders collapsing in Europe and the United States and, 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 and uh, uh, the Department of Homeland Security tracking ISIS cells in all 50 states of the United States. I'm telling you. And so when I see this headline about this super volcano and people wringing their hands, and I, I look at the statistics, I see it, I say, okay, well, you know, there's not a lot we can do about it. Um, and, 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 and you can see this swarm of activity. Is that, could that be a warning sign of something soon to happen? It could be. But the scientists also say that statistically speaking, in our generation, it probably won't blow. Probably. But, you know, oops, if it does, oh, well, we're wrong. <laughs> and well, half the United States is gone. Right. I think they, they put the odds at something like one in 700,000. But, but it is only, it has blown in, in the past. It will blow again at some point in the future. It's not a question question of if it's when right yes well apparently so yeah i mean other than the hand of god other than the return of the lord before it happens and and everything is made right and the restitution of all things as my good friend joseph Ferris' last book's title is uh, occurs other than that yes i mean yeah it, it will happen but again i i was asked to do that interview and i was so honored that i had the opportunity to speak to it because after speaking to the Yellowstone uh, potential disaster and the odds for it or against it, it gives me the opportunity to say to Christians everywhere, listen, listen, it's not about one particular disaster here or there. It's about we are living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. I don't set dates, and I don't advise Christians to run around wringing their hands and living in anxiety. The Bible tells us not to do that. We have been raised up to be the salt and the light. We have been raised up to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. And I, this is our time. This is our generation. We're looming on the potential of a World War III. Brother, the stuff of world wars is happening right before our eyes. The Bible does predict in the very last days a World War III type scenario. Well, as we sit here tonight, uh, uh, Carl, uh, the, the president is talking about uh, getting together with the, the leadership in, in China and Korea and uh, South Korea and Japan to discuss military options for North Korea. So yes. my, uh, we point. are walking on eggshells. Yes, we are walking on eggshells, and, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying. This is the stuff of World War III. I'm not saying that this is World War III. I'm not saying World War III is going to break out tomorrow, but this is how world wars are formed. We've only had two world wars, and they've been in our historical generation. Uh, it was uh, just 100 years ago that the first world war was here. Now we're, just, we're 100 years out, and we're talking about number three. And, and, and World War I and World War II, those are the only true global wars that we have to measure. Both of them took decades to foment and to begin. World War I took about 40 years of building and building and building and building and political intrigue in this nation and that nation and this uh, uh, this uh, occurrence and this phenomenon. And then, boom, 
it was on. World War II really grew out of World War I. It was really nothing more than a continuation of World War I. It took a couple of decades. It was the rise to power of Hitler and this political intrigue and that political intrigue and this nation and that nation. And a couple of decades later, boom, it was on. We're watching the same kind of stuff happening right now. We've seen this movie before, and yep. we know how it ends. Carl? Uh, let me uh, direct people to your website, carlgallops.com, C-A-R-L, gallops, G-A-L-L-U-P-S, carlgallops.com. Where can they listen to you on uh, Freedom Friday, the radio program? That's correct. And just go to carlgallops.com, click on anything that says Freedom Friday. It'll take you to a live feed right there. Plus, we have all of our archives. All right, Carl, looking forward to the new book. We'll talk about that more later. Thank, Thank you, you, my friend. All right, when we come back, the big reveal of our weekly remote viewing experiment plus mailbag. Stay with us. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back. Coming up after the uh, next break, Joseph Farrell, he of GizaDeathStar.com, always posting terrific blogs and uh, written about 30 books. And uh, we will talk about something uh, odious, insidious, absolutely evil, uh, that it does exist in this world. It's kind of one of those taboo topics, and, um, and that has to do with highly organized uh, pedophile rings, child abduction rings, sex slavery, human trafficking, and the fact that it does exist in very high circles. It couldn't go on in such an organized fashion unless it was with the uh, the assistance of some people in pretty high places. So Joseph Farrell will be here to talk about that. Uh, right now, however, it is time uh, for our weekly remote viewing experiment results. First of all, before we uh, do the big reveal, let's go around the horn here. And uh, Ian, my technical producer, my fine rockabilly friend, what's in the box? Uh, I'm seeing something red tonight. Can you be a little more specific? Flat. Flat and Maybe red. Maybe a piece of paper that's red. A flat piece of red paper. All right. Albert. I have to say Happy World UFO Day, <laughs> July 2nd. Happy World UFO Day. All right. Uh, it's uh, my guess. I'm going to guess Native American dream catcher. Other than that, I'm just drawing a blank. A Native American? Did you actually see that? Did that come to you? or? It's just off the top of my head. <laughs> All right. And over to you, Ryan. You know, I didn't see anything at all tonight because I, I think I got a bit distracted reading the guests on Twitter, and I kind of blocked any of my ah. own thoughts from forming. But right. There are a lot of really good guests on Twitter. All right, let's get to those Twitter uh, tweets. A, a ton of great guesses. Uh, Alan thinks it's a blue ice scraper. All right. Mike, a pencil. Uh, Mr. Meeps, a remote control. Uh, David, a small light bulb. YY, a garden tool, maybe a spade. John... Thinks it's snake skin, maybe a shed snake skin. Interesting. Um, Morgan, I like this guess a lot. Uh, thinks it's a Canadian flag. All right. That's a good one. Uh, Daniel, a blue metal tin container. James, a kazoo. Uh, Connor, a cigar or cigarette. Amanda, a pocket watch or stopwatch, gold and round. Mm -hmm. And Jamie thinks it's some sweet and low sweetener. Hashtag <laughs> fake sugar. <laughs> fake sugar for fake news. All right. Well, sadly... Uh, nobody was really in the ballpark this time around. It's a Rubik's Cube. It's one of those four-sided Rubik's Cubes. And um, my little guys, this was like real popular in the early 80s, and now it's back again. My little guys love it. 
and uh, they can they can solve the four sided one pretty quickly. Uh, I'm still trying to get the original one out of the box. That's <laughs> I can't figure it out how to unwrap that thing. Anyway, there you go, Rubik's cube. Well, we'll try again next week, and uh, again, uh, TCS remote hashtag TCS remote. You can tweet me at at Richard Serrett, our weekly remote viewing experiment. What's in the box? Thanks for playing. Oh, uh, before we get to the mailbag, I just wanted to mention this. This came, speaking of mail, this came in the mail today. A uh, good friend of the program, Don Jeffries, who's been with us uh, many times on the show. This is his, uh, I've mentioned this before, but the book is now, I believe, t- tomorrow, July 4th. It's out, available. He's been taking uh, pre-orders on Amazon. Um, it's called Survival of the Richest, How the Corruption of the Marketplace and the dis- uh, Disparity of Wealth Created the great- Greatest Conspiracy of All. Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries. And um, congratulations, uh, Don, on the book. And I, I also want to mention it because you may notice on the bottom there, it says Forward by Richard Serrett. Don asked me to write the forward. I was very honored to do so. And um, there you go. It's published by Skyhorse. So... I have no skin in this game other than having my name on the front cover and below Don Jeffries, the author. But um, when it came out as a pre-order a couple of months ago, it was it debuted as the number one economics book, I believe, and number in the top two or three in international economic books. So we hope the book does very well for Don Jeffries, and we'll have to get him back on the program. All right. Now. Occasionally we get some uh, email, some of it, uh, some of it complimentary, and some of it not so much. Uh, what do we have in the mailbag, Albert? Uh, the first one is a bit harsh. It's uh, the not so much category. Uh, first name Stefan. Listened for the first time. Realized very c- quickly that you are in the business of propaganda. Mm. A mouthpiece for the status quo. You allow an outlet for this disturbed, yet it is anchored in deception. Staged callers to reinforce the agenda. Shame. Uh, he said, I think he said, I should be ashamed of myself. Oh, I'm, yeah. how do I sleep at night, Albert? Well, first of all, um, boy, how do we respond to that? Propaganda. Well, one man's opinion, I suppose, is another man's propaganda, and we do have a lot of uh, opinion on here. Some of it's controversial. Uh, if you want to deem it propaganda, well, fine. That's fine. Um, I don't. I don't think I've ever pretended that this is a, uh, a you know journalism. Listen, we talk about a lot of different things in this program. Everything from UFOs to Bigfoot to targeted individuals to you know s- deep state and shadow governments and 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 heavy conspiracy. So um, I'm sure much of what you hear could be considered as propaganda, uh, but you know it's opinion. It's and, opinion, and and uh, I don't apologize for that. And I'm sh- sure Ian and I and Ryan could back up. There's never been any staged calls on the sh- on the show. In fact, we we barely screen at all. It's, no, well, it's pretty much we, open. Line. We don't. Uh, well, we we do screen to make sure that they have something of interest to say. We don't allow hate on the on the program. That's one thing we screen for. In term, is he talking about staged phone in calls, or is he yeah. talking about the guests that we have on? No, I'm not I really think sure. he's talking about staged phone in well, calls. Well. Uh, no, I, I can certainly um, uh, swear uh, on the Bible that we do not uh, we do not vet callers that way. I mean, if people want to come on and talk about whatever, that's fine. Um, but he's able to, to make all of these determinations based on one listening of the program. So, oh well, so you know that's, what? That's it's we're it's living the effect in a, of fake news. <laughs> we're living in a free country. Oh, very quickly, we, um, a, a good friend of the program also who joins us from time to time in the live chat, uh, Dave Shock uh, from. 
CubeSat for Disclosure was on with us recently. We had some medical news about Dave. Uh, it's, there's a GoFundMe campaign, GoFundMe Emergency Medical Expense, and Dave fell and hit his head and needs an oxygen tank so he doesn't get these recurring some, headaches. Yeah, some, some oxygen therapy. Dave had yeah. a nasty fall. So, Dave, if you're listening, actually, I know he's, um, he's listening. Uh, we wish you a speedy recovery, and um, we wish you all the best. All right, when we come back, organized pedophile rings, child abduction rings. Not for the faint-hearted, not for the young. Please be advised. Joseph Farrell joins us on the other side. Stay with us. Peering into the shadows, where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back. Coming up after the uh, top of the hour, open lines, and then... The one and only George Norrie, my esteemed colleague and the host of Coast to Coast AM, has a brand new book out. This is his seventh book, and this one's Mad as Hell. And uh, just a quick programming note, I will be, uh, I'll be sitting in the air chair at Coast to Coast on uh, July 29th and 30th. Here's the thing. George, always call, I call him the hardest working man in show business. He's going to come on the program uh, in just under an hour, and then he'll immediately be hosting Coast to Coast tonight. So... The man never stops. All right. We'll look forward to that conversation. Uh, this one, well, it's a delicate one. It's uh, it's a taboo one. Again, I warn you, listener discretion, strongly advised. This is not for the young and for the faint-hearted, but it's something that needs to be talked about. Talked about. Um, just prior to the, uh, the U.S. President, uh, presidential election, there was a, a huge cache of uh, leaked email exchanges published by WikiLeaks, of course, and some of them... Uh, contained what appear to be coded messages referring to human trafficking and pedophilia. Uh, the episode became known, of course, as Pizzagate after it was alleged that a number of restaurants, including uh, a well-known pizzeria in Washington, D.C., were bases for satanic ritual child abuse. Now, the Pizza, Pizzagate story was widely discredited, uh, but there can be no doubt that such pedophile rings exist, highly organized pedophile rings, at the highest levels in corporate and political circles. Sex slavery, child abduction rings, human traffic, or sorry, human sacrifice rituals. These things exist and they must be exposed. Joseph Farrell has written about this recently on his uh, uh, website, GizaDeathStar.com. He investigates highly high financial fraud, international banking, hidden systems of finance, black budgets, and breakaway civilizations. He's the author of, I think it's around 30 books now, very prolific, uh, including Hidden Finance, Rogue Networks, and Secret Sorcery, The Fascist International, 9-11, and Penetrated Operations. A great pleasure to welcome back to the program, Joseph Farrell. Joseph, how are you? Pretty good, my friend. Thank you for having me back on. It's been too long, and uh, I, Albert just reminded me uh, that we have to have you back on again soon to talk about this, all of this Nazi uh, uncovering of Nazi uh, artifacts and so forth in Argentina. Right. right. Uh, but this, uh, uh, another odious topic to be sure. Let me ask you first, right out of the gate, about Pizzagate. Uh, it seems to me that everyone was quick to sort of latch on to this pizza joint and say, well, obviously there's no evidence. And so they, they dismissed everything right. uh, without focusing on what appeared to be you know, pretty blatant coded messaging in those 
leaked emails. What did you make of the whole handling of the Pizzagate story? Well, to be honest with you, Richard, I wasn't very satisfied with it. Um, You know, I'm not in the media, so I don't know exactly how media normally operates when they have stories like this, but I wasn't very satisfied with it because... I had the feeling that the story broke and then there was an initial attempt to kind of investigate and then everything just kind of died. It, you know, I had the feeling that nobody really wanted to talk about this. Precisely. And to me it's very disturbing, Richard, because it fits a pattern. If you go back, um, let's say maybe 30 years ago, you may remember the Franklin scandal that, that broke in Nebraska. And yes. This, to me, Richard, this was a very important story because it, it set the same sort of pattern that you saw with the Pizzagate story. There were allegations of trafficking, of, of abuse, of, of minors, of um, uh, just horrible uh, types of, of ritual abuse things. There, there, were, there was very little attempt in the major media at that time to investigate that story. But there have been some investigators that have pursued it since then. That was really the first story, the first really good story that we had enough evidence that we could latch on to. That's what I find so disturbing here. Yeah, it seemed to me that they focused on the restaurant and said, well, there's no basis, there was nothing found, therefore everything else related to that story must not be true. And yet we have these emails that no one has refuted. Exactly. And this this is the problem, Richard. There's There's been no attempt to follow up the pattern here because let's be honest if if you have a a practice of of this sort where you're actually engaging in human trafficking in in ritual abuse uh in human sacrifice to to carry off this activity you have to have organization and you have to have financing and the most disturbing thing that was kind of implicated in some of those emails that came out during that story and even going all the way back to the franklin scandal there were indicators that this was something that was not a local nor even a regional phenomenon and this is the problem that i see there has been no attempt by anybody that i'm aware of either in the mainstream media or even the alternative media to look at these stories and attempt to see if there's any dots that that can be connected between them. There have been occasionally in this country, I, I can't speak for your country, but occasionally in this country there have been people who've attempted to connect dots in some of these stories, and then they end up dead, or they have the convenient heart attack, or they conveniently run off a road. So, you know, it's to me, there's a pattern here, Richard. You can't have these types of activities without organization, and that's not ever been investigated. And cover-ups. And we cover-ups. had the, the Jimmy Savile case in, uh, with the BBC. In, Obviously, right. there was. we know there was a concerted effort to, 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 to hush that story, and yet yep. this man was allowed to uh, uh, abuse and destroy lives for decades. Yes. Yeah. And this is the problem. We have these stories that appear like icebergs above the surface. But the way it looks to me, uh, Richard, if you examine these stories when they first appear, you know, when before the spin sets in, when you examine these stories, there there's always this kind of recurrent pattern. There's somebody uh, very highly placed in political circles or in financial circles that's doing this, uh, they're in swanky neighborhoods. You have miners involved. You have an organization 
or allegations of organization used to transport people in these rings. So, in other words, there's there's a pattern that comes out in these stories, but yet nobody wants to look at all of these stories and view them whole. And this is the problem I have with it. I think there's something going on here. I think there's something worldwide, yes. to be quite frank with you. Yes, uh, yeah, and, and uh, the, the, I think the truth is even scarier than we can possibly imagine. Probably. In your blog, you, you, you talked about the recent arrests, this operation, the Department of Homeland Security, that busted this U.S. sex slave ring between right. Thailand. Uh, and right. you talk about all of these visas that they were able to bring these uh, sex slaves into the United States on these phony visas. How did they get the visas if these people were not connected by to someone on the inside? Yes, on the inside. And this implies financing. This implies an organization for transport. This implies uh, regional, if you will. I hate to, to, to use this kind of language, but this implies regional distribution centers. So in other words, you're dealing with a high degree of organization here. Now, I'm moderately encouraged by the fact that, that people in Congress and, and the Trump administration appear to be wanting to investigate some of this and bring it out. But the problem is, is we are, as you've pointed out, you have the Savile case in the United Kingdom. That case goes all the way back to the government of Prime Minister Edward Heath. So in other words, this is also something that's not just organized. This has been going on for quite a while. And this is what I find disturbing, that every time that there has been an attempt to coordinate international efforts to investigate this stuff, it gets shut down. So I think, you know, the problem here, folks, is is we need not only national investigations and state or province investigations, we need an international body that's competent to start looking into this, Interpol or somebody, because this is not confined to this country or, or to Canada or to Great Britain. I think this is all over the world. Thailand, as, as you mentioned. Right. The other thing that happens is the the, the there's usually one person, um, as is often the case, right. that is sort of uh, brought to justice. And it's right. some low-life serial killer, as in the case of Marc Dutroux in, in, uh, in Belgium, right. um, who is a, you know, a pedophile and a child killer. But no one, to my knowledge, followed up on Dutroux's claims that, that, uh, that he was basically rounding these people up for very, very highly placed yes. politicians in Europe. And, Richard, I'm so glad you mentioned that case, because if you go back to the early 1920s in Southern California, there was a very famous case of a serial murderer, a pedophile, that was called the Wineville Chicken Coop Murders. Uh, it was a Canadian-American fellow by the name of Gordon Northcutt that was actually caught, apprehended, tried, convicted, and executed for those murders. But after his conviction, he maintained repeatedly that he had been doing this for very very wealthy people and go on to to the allegations of Corey Heim and some of the other people childhood actors in Hollywood that have said that there are these rings in Hollywood they do ensnare minors none of this has ever been investigated you know so i'm thinking what does it take but there's a pattern here the dutro case is almost an exact copy of of the of the California Wineville chicken coop murders, so this is the problem. Nobody's investigating this stuff. Right. Then we have, of course, Jeffrey Epstein yes. in the Lolita Express. Yes. Uh, and we have a former president who yes. slipped away from Secret Service and flew on that plane multiple times. Yes. Uh, this it just it stinks stinks to high heaven, and yet nobody. 
these people seem to be untouchable. Well, if it's at that high of a level, you know, one of the things that they're obviously using this activity for is to blackmail people. You know, these are these are what Catherine Austin Fitz likes to call the control files. Right. You know, and you know, it's a thoroughly bipartisan activity because you know President G.H.W. Uh, Bush was implicated in the Franklin scandal business. It didn't touch him directly, but there were things that took place in the White House. So there's something going on here by way of a power organization that's using these activities, quite frankly, I think, to blackmail politicians, to blackmail bankers, media people, and so on. All right, uh, Joseph, thank you for this. We'll have you back on soon to talk about the Nazi artifacts in Argentina. In the meantime, uh, GizaDeathStar.com, the website, and uh, Hidden Finance, Rogue Networks, and Secret Sorcery, the Fascist International, 9-11, and Penetrated Operations. Always a pleasure, Joseph. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me around, Richard. All right. Open lines on the other side, and then George Norrie is mad as hell. Stay with us. Mm-hmm.